Welcome to My Hometown Artist Podcast. We talk about showing up authentically on social media as an artist, creative, or right-brained entrepreneur, so you can do what you love. I'm your host, Hannah. I'm here to help you find self-growth, expand your work, and have more fun trying new things. We stay curious and focus on being solution-driven. Let's get to it. I just got a, a new ring light and it's um it has like a temperature setting that's like uh warm. Oh, I have it over here. It's kind of it looks like the sun. It looks like the sun is oh, burning yeah. into my face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um yeah, could you just um for so for everybody that's going to listen to this, I want them to know who you are and kind of how you found out about this podcast or uh, what you do. So can you tell us who you are and how you got to this podcast? Well, uh, my name is Nadu. I go by my artist name, Nadu, uh, which is a shorter version of my name. Uh, my mom used to call me that as a kid. And when I was trying to pick a short catchy name to go as an artist, I ended up picking Nadu. And uh, I'm a full-time musician. Uh, I'm Bangladeshi American. Uh, it's a small country beside India. And um, I made I made the move to being full-time music when I moved to LA in about 2016. And mm-hmm. I put just everything into a trailer and just made my way down here and I figured I'll I'll figure it out when I get here. Wow. Um, so uh since then I've released uh two EPs and one full album. Um and uh I'm basically self-taught. Uh I started off just uh noodling a little bit on the bass guitar and then I taught myself how to sing. And when I got to L.A., um, I couldn't find people to play with um, because I really didn't have anything to show. So I started learning other instruments and I put out my first EP on my own and I found somebody on Reddit to mix and master. Mm. And that's how I started getting shows. And um, since then, I've played about 80 shows. I've done two tours, um, everything myself. Uh, My usual attendance on a show is about 50 to 200 people each time I play. Um, wow. so, so I've done a lot of hard work on my own to, uh, wow. to earn the status, I guess, of being a full-time musician. Um, I basically yeah. do like two jobs. <laughs> I have my eight to five and I come back home and I pretend like my second work day is starting. Um, mm-hmm. And I just work till till midnight and then rinse and repeat. Um, that is so crazy. What What did that feel like? To, to move to LA, what was that like for you? So I, um, initially it was very overwhelming. You know, you hear the stories of, you know, posers and this and that, and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. everybody you meet is trying to get something from you and, <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I, was a bit, I was a little bit apprehensive, but at the same time, I, I had made a big move when I was younger to come to the U.S. to begin with. So everything else okay. seemed smaller in comparison. So I was moving from Texas to California. Okay. And and I was like, well, you know, once I make that big journey, everything else was like, I'll, you know, no matter what is thrown at me, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And um, the interesting thing I found out about LA was that even people who are poser, posers are working hard at being a poser. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's actually a very hard, it's a very, it's a much more of a working class city than people I think give it credence for, uh-huh. and I spent I spent a little time in the film industry too when I first moved because I just needed a job, um, and I saw that people are actually way more blue collar 
they're just mm. they're just works you know they're just working away whether it be a film set or entertainment or in the music business uh to most people it is a job to us it might be entertainment because we're watching on tv or listening on spotify or something like that but to most mm. people here it's a job and um mm. so, so once i got once i got into that that seemed a little more familiar because you know i was coming from a uh an office job so i seemed i was like okay you know I still want to be a musician, but it's not as intimidating. These people, you know, I don't have to be somebody I'm not necessarily. Yeah, authenticity, being able to be yourself at work is so good. It feels so good. If I, if any, I know a few of my listeners kind of feel like they don't have that. And I really feel for them because it makes your brain tired. It makes, like, it makes it harder to do, like, to work on your new passion or your side gig or whatever it makes it harder to just be a person or just enjoy your time when you feel like you have to be a robot like in an office mm-hmm. it's not very fun I feel like that is such a a big change I don't know where in Texas you were but just I'm imagining going to LA for the first time and it's just overwhelming it's like millions of people who all have a thing that they want and you have to figure out what what how you fit into that like how do I exist in that that's crazy that you that you managed to to figure that out for yourself are you in LA right now Uh, I'm in LA right now I've been here for the past uh, six years now Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, I actually managed to it's almost unbelievable but I did manage to get a house during the pandemic uh, which is mostly credit due to my wife yeah she figured out something but Oh, um, <laughs> that's, that's the reason I, I can't believe that. <laughs> that's awesome. I feel like, well, I'm so I'm so happy that you have that you have your career going and it's going in the right direction. What kinds of how would you describe your music to to the listeners? How would you describe what your style is? Have you figured Have you figured that out pretty extensively? Yeah, uh, uh, so to speak. I think as an artist, you're always growing and changing, but. Uh, very initially, mm-hmm. I was doing punk rock and garage rock, and uh, that was partly because it seemed to be the easiest medium for me to get my, uh, for lack of a better word, my uh, not my message out, but just my songs out. Uh, is because I always beat myself as a songwriter first, and then genre and sound is kind of almost a little bit secondary. Mm-hmm. And garage rock and punk rock sounded always excited me, and when I was picking up guitar, I could, those are, and I was picking up drums, that was an easy medium that I would be like, okay, let me just push this forward because I can finish these songs myself. They don't need to be very extensive. Um, during the pandemic, I, I released two EPs by that time when the pandemic hit. And I was just about to plan another tour. And when that happened, I took a little bit of a backseat and decided to reevaluate what I was doing with music. And that actually gave me a chance to go back to the drawing board and really see what other sounds I could make. And my last album, I I was basically doing straightforward guitar, drums, and bass because those are three instruments I could play and sing. So I would get a three-piece together on, to perform on stage. But I was like, if I didn't have to play everything live, what would I do? Mm. So I got... Uh, I got synth, I got horns, I got saxophone. Uh, I put everything I possibly could into each of these songs. Um, so it ended up being a blend of uh, indie rock, 
in some ways in the, in, in the alternative indie punk. I don't know if you've listened to Jap bands like Japanese Breakfast, mm, um, mm-hmm. but the, but that's the kind of direction I started going in and uh, making more like soundscapes because you know I did view, still view myself as a songwriter person, genre kind of second. So mm. uh, I started making more like soundscapey type music, um, mm. but that's, that's the gist of it. I was and, li- I was uh, listening to it and I was yeah. I really liked it. I felt like for some reason when I was watching your videos, I felt like there was something about the stuff that you were posting on your page where it was it just seemed like you really loved it. Like you really love uh, doing it. And I don't it's hard to put your finger on it and that's kind of the the hard way to cure it's hard to curate that on a page. But that's what I that's what I noticed on your page was that it just seems like you really enjoy everything that you create and that it's genuinely fun oh. for you because the music is awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm, I mean, I mean, it's hard to know, right? Like you, you just keep posting and you're like, I hope people understand, but that's what I saw is, is your, um, is your excite excitement for what you do. And I, I would love to ask you just about your story of, of posting and how you see that fitting into your career um because a lot of musicians listen to this and I feel like they feel really really lost especially like in the last couple months because of everything everything that's changing and I I want to ask um how did you start posting like how did you decide to start sharing your work on the internet so uh conceptually I, I uh the way I usually approach music and I took over a similar work ethic was that just showing up for yourself every day. And I had, I used to play with a lot of people um, before, and I would always be the most serious person in the group, if not the most, yeah, not the most talented, not even the slightest, but always <laughs> the guy who would plan the practices or like, Oh, the, the guys, we need to promote this or book this show. Or I would always be the one managing, yeah. managing it. And, mm-hmm. um, Every single thing that even musically that I, I did was that I would make some progress each day. And I had this simple thing where like I had a minimum, but not a maximum. So every single day I have to show up for 15 minutes. That's a minimum to work on something music related. And the second thing is that it has to be in some kind of recordable form that I can come back to. So it's not enough that I, let's say I come up with a part of a riff or part of a melody or part of a riff. I have to be able to come back to it. Mm-hmm. So what would end up happening is, let's say, Monday through Friday, I would have all these little bits and pieces. And on Saturday, I would be like, hey, I actually have a full song to start mm. with. And I didn't even really, you know, because it's very overwhelming to sit down and say, like, I'm going to make a full song right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you have all these bits and pieces. So I was like, oh, maybe I can approach social media or just putting myself out there in some similar ways that I have some kind of minimum that mm. I have to show up to. So that was my starting premise. And then I would listen to, and I feel like you have said these things, and I'm I'm sure I'm paraphrasing uh, mm-hmm. in different ways. But um, the other thing that I started doing was that um, even if a small number of people follow me now, um, if I show those people that what I what I'm doing is important to me, so like it's almost irrelevant who is watching it as long as they understand that music is something important to me. And that transfers across to even if it's going out to 15 people, if those 15 people feel that this is something really important to him and it matters to him, they get that feedback. They get they internalize that. 
Mm-hmm. And then they feel more like to support me or to share it more. So really, that's mm-hmm. all you can hope for is like the people it does go out to, it has the maximum impact. Oh so, my gosh, um, that's gold. And then they become your, and I, and that's actually worked for me so far. Like the the most engaged people that I have on my page are people who have shared it with other people based on my initial interactions. Mm-hmm. And uh very initially i started doing some some of the trend stuff but uh you actually mentioned in one of your videos that speaking speaking into the camera as uh as simple as it is is actually the most engaging because Mm. you're showing up as yourself and i actually started doing that and that has given me the most engagement so far Mm. uh and it's because even if it goes out to a smaller number of people, the smaller number of people feel like you're actually talking to them mm. and they become more encouraged and they share. And uh, it also made me think think of actual things to say about my songs as opposed to just being like, hey, um, uh, here's me mm. jumping up and down or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which a lot of times a lot of videos are. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to fall into that because uh, on your... Uh, on your um, discovery page, a lot of those videos come across, and they have thousands of views and thousands of likes. And you, and you want, and you sometimes feel the need that you know what, maybe I should do these trendy videos. Right. But I, I have this way of like, I, I don't trust that immediately. I'll go behind and I'll be like, okay, I see they have ten thousand followers. Let me actually see how much engagement they're getting on their actual music. Like, mm-hmm. let me go to their Spotify. Let me go and see. And, you know, this is obviously a case-by-case basis and it's not true for everybody. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times, the trendy videos that I would see, the viral videos, I would go back to their Spotify and see it doesn't really translate. Mm-hmm. So if it's not translating, then what exactly am I doing those for? I might as well. It's a, it's a little harder and it's a little more vulnerable to plan mm-hmm. out speaking videos. But um, if, I, if I'm even getting one solid fan out of each video that I do, there's actually a really good return because mm-hmm. really solid engaged fans, you know, they buy your stuff. They buy your stuff, they follow you. If you go out on, um, I've been on TikTok since, I've been on Instagram before, uh, way before, but I've been on TikTok maybe just since last October. Mm. And I easily have at least 30 to 40 people that I can count on. And if I were to play a show, they would come, they would buy a ticket, and they would not only come to the show, but they would actually buy merch. Mm. And for six months worth of work for a small artist, I think that is actually a very decent number for something that's I haven't spent any money. For. It's just mm-hmm. literally me showing up. Mm-hmm. And also the practice of showing up, if if we, indeed we are musicians, I have a basically I'm have TikTok gives me a chance to play in front of 200 people each day at the very yeah. moment. Just my yeah. being putting out a video. Why would I say no to that? Like, that's complete silliness. You know? Yeah. Um, you, that's so much gold. Mm-hmm. Everything that you said is so good. That's, I think I know the video that you're um, referencing where I, I mentioned, basically I said, you know, if if there's a trend that really speaks to you and you would have fun to do it and it makes total sense and it's easy to incorporate and you want to do it, you should do that. But other than those times, there's really no point because because when you see those trends do really well, the app does not care about 
you gaining fans or you getting people off of the app, right? It just wants you to stay Mm -hmm. on and trends keep you on there. So they're a great way to, you know, have fun or to, to express your creativity, but there has to be a, a backbone and a backlog of you talking to the camera and telling stories. Like that's, the the bare minimum because when they get to your page let's say they saw a trend that was really great and then they get to your page and and it's just a bunch more of those trends or content that does not speak to them if they can't figure out in those first like six videos that you've posted recently who you are and there's not elements of that then there's like they're not they're going to leave and there's no there's no reason for them to stay and I love how you made the the connection between you know when you're doing a live performance, you are so serious in that moment about giving uh, your craft and your perspective as an artist and being there with them. And it's kind of the same thing when you are talking on your phone in your room alone, because you are talking to those people, they will see it. It's just that you're just have to, you just have to be brave and send it out into the ether and just think like think about it a different way. And that that is that is so many great points that you said. Also, I wanted to make a note, a note of the first thing you said, which is you were talking about recording your videos and having something you could come back to or recording your audio for your mm-hmm. songs to make it. And that is so important. I was just talking about that the other day with someone about how the more you can integrate documenting into your process, like whatever it is, if you're a digital artist, that is going to make things so much easier for you because you don't have to be thinking about re-recording or documenting something you have all of this supplemental footage to tell your story so that all of that is perfect I hope everybody took lots of notes on what you just said because it's so great um I wanted to ask you too about specifically ideas that you have to get people to engage because you were talking about those people that are really invested in what you're doing do you have videos that you have made or want to make that are aimed at getting engagement or um, like remixes of your sounds or or just comments? Are there any ideas that come to your head uh, about engagement? Uh, actually, I have, and I'm still experimenting with some of this, but I tried doing some different things that, um, so I've seen, you know, people say, hey, uh, take my, um, uh, I can, just came up with a song you can take the stems from it, which I don't know if you're familiar with what stems are, but they're essentially yeah. the individual tracks that build up a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, take it and remix it and make it your own and let's you know share with everybody what you have. And I've seen I've seen this take off and usually for a bigger artist, I think it works really well. Um, I, I tried I tried to make it a little more individual and not necessarily remix, but I started doing um, uh, so this this is this is a this is something that will not show up immediately on somebody's TikTok, but somebody had posted saying something like, "Oh, this is my favorite album of all time," like one of my uh, one of my very frequent supporters, or uh, who had been or not frequent supporters, but they'd just been following me for a little while and been liking and engaging with me, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, this is my favorite album," and it just so happened that I was working on a cover song mm-hmm. from that album, and I made a video reply to them saying, "Hey." FYI, you know, I don't know if the, if you like this song from that album, but, you know, here's a 30 second. It was very quick. It was just like maybe 20 seconds, 30 seconds of that cover song. Mm. But that fan was so excited that he he then introduced me to like send it to like 40 other people. Mm. And those 40 people start following my page. 
and they actually started liking my music and it was that I and it was I wasn't even really trying to gain something out of it I was just trying to see what would happen if I would do that mm. uh, because cover songs aren't necessarily my thing you know uh, I'm doing original music but I just mm. wanted to see what would happen and that one small thing actually translated into uh, into actual engaged people so that's mm -hmm. one idea I had that making making those individual video responses to people uh, yeah. that allows them to have something to share with other people um, mm -hmm. and makes them feel important. You know, it's about the fan, not, not about you. Yeah. Um, that was one idea. The other one that worked for me was um, um, it didn't have the highest engagement, but it did still get me some people, which was um, I had asked somebody about, I think, um, they were talking about something about vocal advice, like uh, in terms of taking care of your voice. Mm. And I was trying to actually write it down because they had this huge list and uh, they were just being really nice. And mm. and when I was writing it down, I was like, you know, this actually sounds like a song. <laughs> mm. And I immediately made a song out of it just because it was fun. You know, it was just yeah. something weird and fun to do. And similarly to that other person who had been so happy that I did a cover song from their favorite album was like, what, what did you do? Like, I just gave you some <laughs> advice and you made that into a song. And, and they were like, oh, this sounds like Bonnie Iver. And, it, you know, I didn't, wasn't trying to make it like Bonnie Iver. I just came up with, you know, just making it funny. Yeah. And then they shared it with a bunch of their friends. And it seems like some of these little individual interactions that TikTok allows you to do to make fans feel important it allows mm. them to have something to share and it shows your personality and shows that you're about the platform, you know, right. not just about saying, Hey, listen to my music, listen to my music over and over again, you know? Right. Um, and it gives them a window into how, just how you are as a person and something that I had learned, and this was a separate, separate thing, but in business, they usually say that people like to do business with people they like, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. I figure that at this stage of being an artist, some of that is some of that is true for for you know for me now, which is that people want to spread my, my music if they actually like who I am because that's what the platform is at the, the day. It's trying to show who you are. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're constantly just saying "listen to my music, listen to my music," people go like, "Hey, yeah, you and ten thousand other people on this platform are telling me to mm -hmm. listen to my music, but they're not mm -hmm. giving me a reason why." Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to figure, and I'm trying to give them a reason why. Mm -hmm. um and uh i i like the remix idea i like the the spreading sounds and i and i know that it, it does really work for but usually most of the time i've seen it work for the bigger names or um and i don't you know i don't close the possibility off but it usually is does seem like a moment that has been uh orchestrated to a more more of a poppy song you know a very bits and pieces oh, kind yeah. of thing like a like a five second clip that just works for some reason mm -hmm. and if you really try to do that i'm not sure if your intention is to create a five second soundbite if it really works out mm -hmm. and it's not really my forte like i write full songs so if if it so happens that you know 10 seconds from yeah. that works i don't discourage it you know but it's it's for me personally it's something very hard to do mm -hmm. um but i know that if you know, maybe if if I were Beyonce, I would probably try to figure that out because I <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. The ready audience. Oh yeah. Receive, oh know? yeah. I mean, I've been reading a lot of interesting things about artists, even like how social media is changing the creation progress. 
process. So you're thinking about the end result of the marketable piece rather than what you want to make. And that that's a good that's a good point is, you know, be very aware of your strengths of of your work, like how it can be used and how how you should differ from other people. Because, for example, what you were saying, you know, if you go if you're DIYing this on your own and you're going to artist pages and you get to their page and you see that they have a certain amount of followers, that's great. But you should really be paying attention to what it like, how is their community happy? Like are on those individual videos, like you were saying, like what is the back and forth happening? Is it what is working in that sense? And then kind of getting inspiration from people who have similar personalities to you and similar sound to you. Cause I noticed that there are some other people that do similar music to you in that genre, like indie. And they also have a lot of interactions where they're recreating something for the listener based on their comments. And that's, it's really fun when you're making, you know, creating new pieces and new, new types of sounds. And I could see why that would work really well with what you make because your, your music sounds really reinventive every time that I'm hearing it sounds different. And that's, that's a really good opportunity for you to, to see what you can do with that. I really love how you approach um, talking to your listeners though. That's such a special moment that of the, the person who commented that they, their mind was probably blown. They're like, you li- you saw my comment and then you took time to do something. I bet that made them so happy. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, I, I have some, um, I know this was not a direct question, but uh, this is some context I wanted to add, uh, which was uh, when I was booking my own tours, I had mainly gone on the strength of Facebook ads. And this was when I don't think it really has the same meaning anymore, uh, even though some people still try to sell it. Um, mm-hmm. But I've been trying to do Facebook ads just because it was a way of getting out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the odd thing was that every town I went to, at least five or six people would come up to me and say, hey, I found you through your Facebook ad and I'm here. Mm. And I really wasn't expecting that. It was just like me just trying something uh, before the tour. And so I realized that there is a certain power in um, in showing up and social media is worth actual people showing up. And mm-hmm. it does matter individualizing it to some extent uh, because my Facebook ads uh, mm-hmm. were, you know, were very targeted and uh, because I was just trying something. And the reason also it was targeted is because um, somebody had shown me about, uh, let's say your music sound is metal. And if you try to target fans of Metallica, they don't really care about you because they they like metal and they already yeah. like Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> it's, too big of a, it's too big of a group to hit. So you're better off trying to hit her, you know, smaller metal bands that have more first adopter type fans, right? Mm-hmm. So I was trying to do something similar with garage rock fans and punk rock fans. So that 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 kind of made my brain already understand that it was worth individualizing any outreach that you make on social media, as opposed to thinking that it, this is a commercial on TV and I need to make it as general as possible. Yeah, and that actually doesn't work for the for artists of our nature. You know, yes, if you're playing yeah. the Super Bowl, sure. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing Super Bowl, congratulations on right. being there. Right. But the, right. 
But that's so interesting. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you brought up ads. That's something that's been on my mind a lot. I, I like to talk a lot about organic content because, because I see it do the most good for, for artists. But also, mm -hmm. there's a very specific time that I recommend doing ads for specific objectives and goals, right? And it's it's definitely after you've created organic content that you've populated your page with and you have a community that cares about you but doing ads is not pointless I feel like a lot of people feel like like I need to just go organically viral and that's the only thing that will get me results but like that's not true obviously it's not true and it's I've I'm thinking back to times when I've been like oh I don't know what to do this weekend and then I see something and I actually act on it and then I still follow them because it was a great experience and it's I'm glad that you took a chance on that because otherwise you would never know I did are you is that something that you got an idea from from like a business plan or um like a, a bigger picture plan that you had or did you just do it just to see what would happen so I I um I went to school for accounting and finance so my brain okay. has a bit of bit of that I never really did uh Never really, you know, ads weren't a part of anything in my work life necessarily. Uh, but I was just, it was just something I was open to because I love marketing in general. Like um, mm -hmm. there is a, uh, this might be sidetracking our conversation. No, you're totally fine. There, oh man, I think they're called Kessel Screamer. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they're mm -hmm. based out of Amsterdam and New York. And they became famous for this ad campaign that they did saying that, uh, this is the worst hotel in the world. <laughs> and they made an ad campaign around that and actually filled the hotel up to capacity. Oh, and, I love that. And, and the news stations were, and they interviewed some of the people who were staying in the hotel because it was it was actually really a bad hotel. Like, the, you know, it was dirty, it was grungy. Oh, okay. um, there was even sometimes little crap in places. Um <laughs> But um, so they asked the people, like, why are you staying here? It doesn't matter how good the advertising is. You know, why are you staying here? And they basically said, look, they never misrepresented who they were. Like, they all, mm -hmm. the, the, the ad campaign literally was like, we are the worst hotel in the world. Like, that is, oh. that is the ad campaign. So they were like, I knew exactly what I was getting into. They're like, I know what I'm paying for. I know what I was. I was never lied to. Yeah. And that kind of left an impression on me in terms of, like, marketing. And so I always tried to be authentic, even when I was trying to show up in the ads and mm. sometimes even straightforward. And uh, some of the Facebook ads that I would run would literally be like, um, uh, I wouldn't even say hi. It would just be like, uh, you know, now there's first album and here's a little, little short clip. So either you kind of like it or you don't like it. Mm. Um, and it's very straightforward. And I think that makes people feel like you're not lying to them. As opposed to, I would see what some of my other musician friends would, friends are, you know, just, you know, peers in the space. Their mm -hmm. ads would be, you know, five dudes just standing, check it out, it's going to blow your ears off. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, nobody cares, dude. It's a picture of five dudes. Nobody cares. Like, I don't yeah. care. Even, you, even probably you won't click on this, you know. Like, <laughs> you know? But yeah. if it's music, then it's, you're almost better off doing a little animation. Um, and this was, you know, I know things have changed a little bit because I haven't done ads in a while. And yeah. I think that has been played out a little bit. But 
it was almost better off doing some innocuous animation to the music because at least people can listen to the music immediately and then they decide if they want to check it out more or not. Yeah. Um, and I think that has now taken the form of more of a TikTok style video in some of the ads. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still the same principle um, of just showing up and just letting people decide and being straightforward. And mm-hmm. I'm sure being a marketer, you have you have way better ideas than I would. Um, but that, that's, that's a great idea, awesome. though. That's amazing. I love that story so much. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that and then reference I've <laughs> learned about through you because that's so funny. I feel like um, I mean, I when I do calls with artists or just talk to them, I spend so much time asking them about them and asking them questions about like their personality and why are they doing this? Like, why are you talking to me right now? Like all these different questions about why they're doing what they're doing. And I feel like it it can get a little bit much sometimes because it's like, whoa, it feels like a lot to answer. Like these questions are kind of personal. But I'm like, listen, I can't I can't make a plan if I don't know what you're like who you are. Because I do not want to write something for you that is like off base because everyone's gonna know the moment that it's off base. It's gonna feel funny and it's not gonna be fun. And I talk about I talk about storytelling all the time and I feel like the best way to figure out how to sound like yourself and be yourself is to just ask other people. I mean, for example, if you were going to make an ad or or a TikTok campaign, ask your friends what it's like when you tell a story, like what is the best part about being your friend? What's the weirdest part or what's what's the best memory they have? Those questions are like just so insightful, not even just for your work, but just as a person to know who you are. Because the the hardest part about posting is that you you don't have a third view of yourself. You don't have an op, a omniscient view of yourself. So you feel really awkward. But that's kind of like my first my first piece of advice to someone who has not posted like you had or has not done any of that is go ask someone questions. And just be just be a really good listener and listening to what they say because obviously I noticed that was the first thing I noticed when I look at your at your videos was you love creating these things and I noticed um, your interaction with other people like that you were describing with the with the comments so I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up I hope that that helps other people to think about so just I mean like look at your journal like how do you talk to yourself pretend like pretend like you're a random person listening to yourself talk and read your journal and be like oh that's what I'm like because it's hard to figure out it's a lot it's a lot and that's really great advice and I uh I feel like you've given that advice on your uh, on TikTok and mm. I think I've followed some of that as well that actually helped me write out because the thing is that uh you have stories that you tell yourself about mm. yourself that might not necessarily be not it might be true for you but it might not be how people perceive you. Mm. And so it is like you're saying, it is, uh, uh, you should ask your friends and, you know, should get back. And I, uh, I think when I, I feel like when I heard you say that, I think I asked my, I actually first went to my wife to see. Yeah. That's the <laughs> uh, best how, person ever. They, they know all your, all your weird ways. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think my, uh, closest two or three friends, um, and I was actually okay. generally surprised um, uh, at uh, at what they said um, mm-hmm. and how they sometimes even described my music. Um, and 
uh, you know, sometimes I think I'm softer or harder in terms of like genre. Uh, and they'll be like, no, no, dude, this is pretty actually hard rock. You're, you're saying, or you feel it's indie rock, but it's actually hard rock. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh, okay. Um, and mm-hmm. from then on, you know, um, I, I, I actually changed how I speak on camera based on uh, one of my friends talked about how, because initially when I started, I was using the, um, uh, you know how you can stop and record on TikTok, you know, when you're yeah. speaking. So I was like, oh, oh, this is a nice cheat because I can just say one line and they can I can stop and then think about what I want to say next, record, but then hit stop again. Mm-hmm. But my uh, one of my friends was like, hey, you think that that's not distracting, but it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, they're like, you're a great conversationalist. Like, don't be afraid of just keep on talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I was like, you know what? OK, uh, I don't I, I never thought I was a great conversationalist. Let's see, my friend was saying I'm a great conversationalist. I was like, okay, let me try it. And the first time I actually tried it was one of the better in, better views and interactions I got. And mm. so it was almost better that even if I didn't, it, if it wasn't perfect, as as much if I stopped and recorded, it would have been perfect in my head. Mm. But it was actually better engaging because I just didn't stop. I just kept going. Mm. And uh, anyway. That's so good. Oh, I, was, I was thinking about that too. Um I had a break and before I went on the break, I was doing a bunch of editing of videos. And I remember one of them I finished and I, I had feedback and they were like, it's it's a little bit long, right? Like it's a long video. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I was like, there's some moments in here when you're talking and you take a pause and it's it's honestly silence. And if you think about marketing video editing, they're like, why would you leave silence in a video? But I was like, when I was watching it, that's that that moment when I was when I had a moment to think to myself about what you were saying. And I was I was really feeling like I was listening to you like really intently. And so I left it in. And I think that was I made a note of that in my notes of just that some you have to know exactly what the intention is for the video of what story you're telling of when it's when it's totally fine to just let yourself ramble i mean sometimes it's good to just go for like 20 minutes and let yourself talk and see like what are the stories that you're talking about and then use that Mm -hmm. as kind of a guideline because we don't want quick easy like information that's constantly bombarding Mm -hmm. our eyes like we just want to have a moment with somebody you know we don't want like, oh, these are the five ways to whatever. I see those all the time, which is very fun. And they, I've done those before too, and they do okay. But like, at the end of the day, I want someone to come talk to me. So I'm not going to make a lot of those, if that makes sense. I I appreciate so many of your ideas. I feel like you've thought a lot about all these things and you've done a lot of hard work. I can't believe that you just got on TikTok and not last October. That's That's only a little bit ago. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I've actually sl- uh, slowed down a little bit, uh, but it's only because I um, I was letting myself, you know, giving myself some mental breaks here and there and trying mm-hmm. to see if I could uh, up the quality a little more, um, which, you know, there's give and take because I think sometimes quant- sometimes quantity matters more than quality in TikTok or like just showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was showing up and I was like, well, you know, maybe let me, let me reframe some of, some of what I would like to, because when I started doing more speaking videos, um, is when I, when I started thinking maybe I should be focusing a little more on quality on what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And thank you for that piece of advice. I think I'm going to do that, that whole, like, 
speak for 20, 30 minutes and see what stories actually come. And I think that's going to help me. I was trying to figure out a way yeah. of being easier on myself and actually keeping, you know, still keeping it more of a routine. And that's yeah. why I was actually taking a little bit of a mental break because I was like, I wonder how, uh, because it was a little taxing trying to come up with a 30 second story uh, that also con conveys everything that I actually want to say. Um, and also knowing, not knowing if I can, uh, because, you know, a song is a story, but it's not a story that I can keep repeating. Mm -hmm. So if, if I, if I give away the whole story in one, one go, uh, then, then what do I do if that video either does well or doesn't do well? Right. Mm. Um, so it kind of cuts my, because if I, and if I'm not doing trends, if I'm still authentically showing up, what more am I sharing about those songs? Mm. Um, uh, yeah but that's anyway yeah so I'll try, I'll try i'm so said. glad you're giving me a bunch of ideas i'm so glad that i could give you something i i'm like i'm gonna go write this all down and copiously copy notes later i i would love for you to tell us about your your work that you're working on so that we can find you and hear about your work and know where you're playing where do you want to tell us anything about what you're working on or where we can find you so uh, I did finish one album, and uh, it's called Sixteen, and you can find it on anywhere, you know, all, all streaming uh, places. And I kind of took a little bit of a bold step in releasing an album as opposed to keep on releasing singles, which is usually uh, what most musicians do nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's because I wanted to see if you you like one or two songs, now you have a whole album to listen to, you know, mm -hmm. how that would kind of land. Um, and I've already started working on a new album, and um, which I hope to release by early next year. And uh, here's the here's the funniest part about what even following your advice and being on social media has done for me is that it's constantly reminding me that there is a group of people waiting to listen to me. Mm. And that really is this is this it's a cycle that happens that I'm not just doing social media just to you know, get my music out there. It's, all, it's also giving me something back, which is giving me the motivation to keep going. Mm. Uh, mm. And I know that this is, I, I know that there's trolls and stuff like that on social media, but mm. on TikTok, as opposed to sometimes Instagram, and personally, I've just really found TikTok in general to be a very positive reinforcing environment. And I don't know if that's how the algorithm builds community. And, uh, I have I have one theory on how it works, and probably that uh, is like TikTok. The TikTok algorithm is focused on the person. Uh, it's, it's showing a person videos from another person who are like them, as opposed to Instagram, who's showing you a video that you, it thinks you like. Mm -hmm. So it's not fostering the person behind the video. It's not fostering the community. But mm -hmm. on TikTok, it's more community focused. So mm -hmm. because of that, and there seems to be this whole culture of people actually liking and replying to your comments uh, more, you know, uh, people are more uh, prone to do that than on Instagram and sharing. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps keep me going. And I don't think I would have started working on this new album as quickly as I did had I not received. Um, because like you were saying, I, you know, um, I'm making it personal for a second, but mm -hmm. I actually put a lot of thought into my, into, into my music and, um, I listen to a lot of different things and I do this thing where like I mishmash different uh, ideas and concept without almost regard for how somebody might interpret it as. 
Mm. And I constantly revisit because I do everything in a song. You know, I write the vocal melody, I do the guitar, drum, everything. Um, I'll, you know, for example, horns. I don't play horns, but mm. I found I found a horn player on this website called Sound Better, mm. uh, which is where you can hire session musicians. And I played, I did the horns with my mouth, and I just basically had him, you know, redo it. So it's still me mm. doing everything. Um, I write out, you know, I might. My emails are this huge lesson in micromanagement to session players. Like, <laughs> but um, so it, I have all this work that I've done, and it's very sometimes very in, hard to know that I can put that out in a TikTok video. Uh, so I try to do like little bits and pieces, and they're all true. Um, um, mm. Anyway, I, I think I'm rambling a little bit. No, oh my gosh, that's so that's so interesting. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, I I can tell when I listen to to some specific artists, especially the ones I've been lucky enough to talk to, just mm -hmm. how much they think about what goes behind it. And I feel like sometimes we get insecure. We're thinking, you know, we have to be really consumable or like, oh, AI is like just creating things for us now. But like, it's, it's always been about your thought process. That's what it's always been about. Honestly, that's why I I fall in love with certain artists and sometimes you know they don't they don't really connect with me it's it's about the story um and that's that's super important to think about when you're telling the story of your work and we're moving into this this era where you can talk about it on your own for free in your room that's very exciting um yeah I would love can you tell us um your handle so we can go find you on social media or your website if you have one so uh, I'm. It's at Nadu Band N A D U B N D on TikTok and Instagram, and if you type in Nadu on Spotify or on YouTube, you should be able to find me. Um, I don't have a website, but I'm working on. As soon as I figure out my next touring schedule, I'll probably pull one together. Uh, yeah. Nope. No, I don't have one either. <laughs> I literally don't have time. It's not. It's not. It's totally fine. Yeah. Thank you so much for your your thoughts and all of your all of the ways that you have thought about this and the marketing story i really appreciate those stories of, of I, uh, what you told me i think if you yeah. look it up you you'll you'll generally laugh at some uh, i i think i'm doing yeah. a service by not giving away some of their jokes or how they did the campaign but if you look it up you'll you'll oh i think gosh. you'll fall out of your chair laughing i'm gonna write um, it down <laughs> Thank you for spending time with me today. You can submit questions and apply to be on the podcast or just chat with us on our Discord server by visiting me on Instagram or TikTok and searching for the name Hanala, H-A-N-N-A-L-A-H, and then clicking on the link in my bio. Please make sure to leave us a review. It helps me so much to connect with more brilliant artists and creatives. I can't wait to talk to you all again soon.